Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, one and all. It's Chris Evans here with the very latest edition of the Best of the Breakfast Show podcast with Sky from Virgin Radio. Coming up, national treasure, acting, beer moth and very, very, very beautiful human being. Timothy Spall takes us on a journey with his heartwarming, heart-wrenching, heart-everything that we heart new film. The Last Bus in cinemas now. The always wonderful Dorno Porter discusses the paperback edition of her book Life in Pieces, also out now. Plus our favourite F1 commentator, Crofty, David Croft, is here to get us all excited ahead of the Belgian Grand Prix as F1 returns after its summer break. Plus so much more still to come. Dapper Dave, who's first? His distinguished career speaks for itself, but thankfully, he's here to speak for himself. His brilliant new movie, The Last Bus, is out in cinemas on Friday. So, ladies and gentlemen, listen up as we say Guten Morgen to a man that shot to fame with an off saying It's the one and only Timothy Spall! Morning, Timothy! Good morning to you all. How are you? <laughs> I think I'm all right, actually. Yeah, I, I haven't had a second opinion, but I think I'm all right. <laughs> I think you're more than all right. This film broke our hearts yesterday. Is that what it's meant to do? I think it is. You don't want to go around breaking people's hearts, but when people say, when they've seen a film, it made me cry and uh, it broke my heart, unless it means it's so appalling, it often means they've enjoyed it in yep. their own way. So, no, I think it is. Well, it is a, it is a pretty, uh, you know, it's a pretty poignant tale. <laughs> It's very poignant. And the the title of the film hits you more after you've watched it than before or during. Because you think about The Last Bus, it's a great title. Um, do you want to give us the elevator pitch for the movie so people know what we're talking about? Well, yeah, in a nutshell, it's about an old man, a 90-year-old man, um, who uh, is on a, an odyssey, is on a trip uh, from John O'Groats to Land's End. John O'Groats, where he ended up. Uh, as an old man and a, a, a younger man, uh, back to Land's End where he's from with a suitcase, uh, using his uh, local bus passes on all the local buses on a sort of trip down memory lane. But it's it's a, an odyssey because he's he's doing it in the suitcase as a rather unusual, apart from his few <laughs> changes of clothes and that, there's an unusual... Um, Thing he's carrying his wife's ashes and he's taken them back to where they were from, but the story reveals in flashback why they fled from the most southerly part of the great of Great Britain to the most northerly part, and it entails um, a very very tragic tale. Now he goes on this trip um, with these ashes um, as a kind of, in a way, an homage to his wife and to deliver to deliver these. Um, ashes back to where they're from but the flashbacks reveal um this tragedy but also this journey doesn't quite work out how it's expected it to so in a sense it's a bit of a flashback of a modern world that he's kind of missed out really on because he's been um kind of ensconced away up exile self-exile in a way isn't it in a a way because 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 this deep tragedy happened 
they wanted his wife particularly wanted to get away as far as they could and of course the old saying is from land's end to john o'groats they literally went to the end of the great britain and stopped they couldn't get they couldn't run away any further and the film really uh, tells you the story also of this this awful thing that happened to them that both held them together with this incredible bond of love, but also in a strange way was the was the elephant in the room about their lives, this tragedy that happened to them. You know, yeah. I don't know whether I should say it because it would give it away. No, no, but, don't, yeah. Yeah. And also it doesn't really matter because it's mm. a, you know, tragedies don't have to be complicated yeah. to be profound. It's a no. very simple tragedy, isn't it? And it's yeah. one that, that is not uncommon, no. unfortunately, in life. No. But the fact that as youngsters they flee, um, you know, as you say, from lands and to John O'Groats, which is metaphorical in its own sense and poetic. But also the tragedy within the tragedy is the fact that they they sort of give up their lives out of guilt and grief and, and forsake what they could have become for just loss, uh, an ever, everlasting loss. And in a way, that's their, they're living out their sh- the shame that they feel and not allowing themselves um, the recompense of, of um, sort of... Uh, getting on with their lives, you know, after a more sort of um, acceptable period of grief. Yeah, I, I think that is true. I mean, they, they 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 get on with their lives. They get on with it. They do it. His, you know, his wife became a teacher. He worked on an estate. You get the feeling, although you don't see much of it, they were quite strong in the community. My character's the kind of guy would have muscled in, you know, and often when you move from one place to another, you want to be accepted, you do things with people. You get this, he's a very decent guy with an old-fashioned moral code, you know. Um, but this tragedy, um, I think, as I say, the writer based it on a... It was an homage to the love that, he's, he, that he observed in, with his mum and dad because yeah. his mum became very ill and his father was a skilled uh, worker and gave up to look after her all his life. So it's not a direct story in any way, but it's a kind of homage to that kind of devotion that people can have over 60 years to each yeah. other. And also, you know, when you see this old man, I mean... You know, you're. It's very easy, and we often do look at old people, and and if you don't, you know, they become bunched in together. Very old people. Yeah. It's just the old, don't they? Yeah, yeah. It never really occurs to to you. you don't think of what were they like as youngsters. What's happened to them? What is their story? Why are they like that? We just assume that they're just sort of old, you know? know. So this is a kind of investigation and a real excavation of what somebody's life is you know um and also i mean it sounds like a dismal tale which it is in essence but there's also some funny moments he, yeah you know he's not a pushover this guy he's he, he he's old things happen to him but he's also gets a bit cantankerous and you know this whole you know the this whole journey of good and bad it, that he goes through where he you know, he, he he encounters some rather unpleasant things. We also encounter some real, you know, the kindness of strangers, real love yeah, from yeah, people, yeah. and you know, so it's um very simple tale, but it um but um it seems to be affecting people. It's the hero's yeah. journey, isn't it? Yeah. Which is you know has been there forever, and is yeah. sim- is the simplest of tales, and it's all of our stories in the end, I suppose. Thank you for your film. Oh no, thank you for being so. Lo- I'm so pleased that you like it. It's it really means a lot, and no, it's been a like joy it. to we listen to you it. talking about it and to talk about it to you. Well, thank you. We loved it. Uh, film the last bus, Tyrone Timothy Spall and his best mates. Uh, they've made this film. They pulled it together, uh, and boy, oh boy, was it worth the effort. It's awesome. In cinemas this Friday, 27th of August. Once again, the film is called The Last Bus. 
The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. It's been a tough 18 months and thankfully our next guest wrote down her experiences to make us laugh and cry, often at the same time. Her book, Life in Pieces, is out now in paperback. So please welcome the dawn of a new age we all need right now. It's the oh-so-marvellous Dawn O'Porter. Hi, Dawn. Hi. She's live in the studio, everybody. Yes, it's alive. In the studio, this could not have happened when your book was being written because, boy, oh, boy, how locked down were we? Uh, Lockdown 1, lockdown 2.0, lockdown 3.0. Now we are... Pretty much unlocked here in the UK. Um, your book, um, what have been people's um, responses to, a particular uh, sort of profound responses to uh, specific parts of the book? What, which, which parts of your story hit home most? Well, I think because I started, it's almost like a diary, the book that I, was, that I was keeping a diary at the time. And so the book ended up kind of being that with extra stuff put in and I think people have liked reading it because it was everyone was going through the same thing but a lot of people had forgotten that kind of daily it's only going to be two weeks and then we'll be fine and then oh god it's a month Mm. oh god it's never going to end that kind of feeling I think people have really enjoyed like looking back on it and think it reminds them what they went through the good and the bad because I think a lot of people had good days and bad days and that that a kind of trajectory of emotions was more extreme than ever before. And I wrote all of that down. Um, And it's about, you know, just the indulgence of it, the boredom of it, the trying to deal with children, um, trying to get some time for yourself and not being able to, and just, like, begging the universe to, like, make it better every day. Yeah, because laughter laughter can often turn into tears despair. You know, as you're laughing, you end end up starting crying because it's just a release and a relief. And it can... Also work the other way around. So can you give us some salient examples of either of those, please? Oh, God. I mean, I found myself... I was going through so, so much. I'd lost a friend just before lockdown started, so I was grieving in a in a huge way. And at the same time, had to kind of save face for my kids and not make the atmosphere in my house horrendous all the time. Yeah, yeah. And my highs and lows were so extreme. And I would literally be on the floor with my children trying to do Lego, which I'm terrible at, or just trying to play with them. Sorry, and how, sorry how can you be terrible at Lego? I, I'm so bad at it. It really hurts my fingers. Right, no, fair enough. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I get that. Like, no, I get it. And I'm like, after I, I said, right, I'm going to build a castle. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to build a castle yeah. out of Lego. And I get to about six inches high and mm. I'm like... This is relentless and so boring. And if I actually build a castle, it's yeah. going to take me all day. So I'm just like, you build the castle yeah. and I'll go and hide in the See, cupboard and cry. You're, not, you're attached to the outcome. You've got to be more zen about it. I'm not very good at that. It's brick by brick, I need isn't results. It? I it's, need results. It's step by step. Yeah. That's what it is. Sorry, Karen. Um, anyway, so I find myself like being... Uh, you know, a kid's entertainer one minute and then just kind of standing in the kitchen, huddled around the radio, like wartime, listening, just waiting for the announcement that we were going to be allowed out. And then I'd get a text from home because we were in America, a text from home from someone who I missed and suddenly you just find yourself in, you know, fits of tears. But I just I just found it. It was writing a diary. I, I haven't kept a diary since I was a teenager, but it was very therapeutic. Yeah. And... Um, I was writing it on this blog that I was keeping, so I was kind of getting feedback for it. It's very, it was very um, encouraging to keep writing it down. I kind of do the kids all day, pour a huge glass of wine, sit down and write this blog, this diary. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I read back on it. When you read it back, I mean, I sound like a raging alcoholic. I'm, and I'm not. I'm not, but you know... The, Why are you blushing? Because, I, because maybe I was for a, you know, for a period you're of time. Tem- you're a temporary alcoholic. But you know, everybody kind of goes a bit like, yeah, I drank a lot. That was a lot, wasn't it? And we got... 
Chris and I eventually got to um, Canada in uh, January of 2021 and we were like, enough, this is enough. Well, is that because of work? Yeah, Chris was doing a film there, so right. we kind of had to move. I mean, travelling in a pandemic is awful. Just in case people don't know, you're married to Chris O'Dowd. Yes, I'm married to Chris O'Dowd, so yeah. he's an actor. And we um, an opportunity came up to do a job in Canada. We thought we were escaping. We were like, like we were in The Handmaid's Tale. We're going to make it to Canada. It's going to be amazing because where we were was just locked down all year. Like, we didn't get a break. Yeah. This, it came, kind of came out of it in the summer here. And also, you think Canada maybe, for some reason, escapes everything bad. better. And we got there, and almost as soon as we got there, we did two weeks isolation when you're not out, allowed outside quarantine, the front door. Yes, quarantine. And then, um, and then we came out of quarantine, but the whole of Toronto went on a stay-at-home order and didn't come off it until we left. And the thing is, you can't, it's so Baltic and cold outside. You, you can manage it for maybe 45 minutes a day. So really, we were like in this house. And, um, and that was just another level, but managed to kind of stop the drinking, got fit, ate well and right. came away from Canada like better. Tell us about that decision tree of, of, of stopping. Well, do you know what? My, my, my body was, well, both of our bodies actually were just like, okay, enough. I, I felt, I just felt awful physically, emotionally. I was run down. I was, I put on 16 pounds. I was, lot, oh it? yeah, it was a lot. I was in the bath with my kids one night. We had this huge tub. So I was getting in the bath with the Not boys. huge enough by the sounds no, of it. No, but honestly, it could have been, it could have been a lot bigger <laughs> and I would have been a lot more comfortable. And I was in it one night and I just looked down at my body and I was like, Oh, wow. Um, Okay, I either have a choice. This is it. I carry on along like this. So my nephew, Chris's nephew, um, Jeremy, um, he'd started up a personal training company and started training me on Zoom, doing strength training three times a week from Ireland to Canada. And um, I just stopped drinking and stopped eating pies for every meal and just got fit again and um and it felt really good well dawn it's great to have you here we were all really excited and happy that you're on, on the way in because you light up any studio that you grace with your presence thank, thank you. you no it's awesome it's awesome to have you here and how's chris's play doing constellations brilliant yeah yes if you want to go so and good. see him can they still go and see him so- i think so it's on for another two or three weeks yeah. where is it at um, it's at the, oh, the Donmar. Bordeville. Bordeville. All right, okay, great. Thank you, Dawn. <laughs> terrible wife. <laughs> oh, my God. Anything but a terrible wife. Uh, bring on the cocktails, caftans and margaritas, Yay! baby. Uh, Dono Porter's Life in Pieces in paperback is out now. And you can't really get a better read this summer. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. It's been four whole weeks since we last heard the dulcet tones of our next guest talking over incredibly loud engines. Well, the wait is over. The Belgian Grand Prix is live and exclusive on Sky Sports F1 this weekend. And joining us now for a good old Belgian waffle is the gorgeous David Croft. (laughs) All right, Crofty. Morning, everybody. Happy Thursday. How are you? We're very well. Happy Thursday. Uh, We're welcoming F1 back. It's only live once on Sky Sports, Sky F1. Uh, but before we get on to uh, race suits um, and uh, fireproof suits and things like that, um, what's all this about a wetsuit and you? Yeah, I went surfing in holidays and I realised that wetsuits are really good for me because they, they suck the spare tyre in quite nicely. Um, Scarborough Beach, not Scarborough in Western Australia, Perth, but Scarborough Beach. What a place for surfing that is. I took the family away to Yorkshire uh, while I was away and uh, we all tried our hand at surfing. If you've never done it, Go and do some surfing. It's the most fun you can have in an afternoon. And thank you to everyone at Dexter's Surf School in, in Scarborough. <laughs> I didn't look like, they were mega. They were absolutely mega. 
Good for you. Now, you, you say you look good in a wetsuit. I don't think anybody looks bad in a wetsuit, but it's all relative, Crofty. I mean, you may have think, you may, you may think it's sort of it disguised your, your um, spare tyre or two, but it, 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 is, yeah. it is relative, Crofty. It probably didn't, but it did in your eyes, which is fine, because that's all that matters. I, I thought I looked every bit the surfing beach Adonis, quite frankly. How is Spa, uh, how is Spa well doing? How's Belgium's staging of a Grand Prix looking uh, pre the weekend? Right, so when we got here yesterday, it was beautiful sunshine. It was absolutely gorgeous. I woke up this morning, it's now raining. Uh, it rains a lot in Spa. Um, and for whatever reason, uh, this is probably the wettest place on the planet. But that's good for Formula One because it means that we might have a bit of a damp Grand Prix. And if you remember the opening lap in Hungary, last time out, uh, rain equal crashes equal chaos. <laughs> Uh, and carnage, and, and a fantastic race. So more of that, please. Yeah, OK, good. And what's the vibe like around the paddock? What's the vibe? Well, the, the vibe around the paddock will be, isn't it great to be back? Because as much as we needed a break mm -hmm. uh, after 26, uh, so 28 races in 56 weeks, uh, this, the championship is so exciting. Yep. We didn't really want a break. And Lewis Hamilton, who was 33 points behind Max Verstappen two races ago, is now eight points in front. Max Verstappen goes into the first of what is arguably two home races because it'll be full of Dutch people uh, here in Belgium on Sunday and he desperately needs a result. He, he, he's just, he's had so much bad luck the last couple of races and of course that tired blowout in, in Baku. He should be streaks ahead of this championship but he's not. And Lewis is back on form and his car's back on form and Red Bull and Mercedes are going to go head to head and there's a bit of animosity between the two teams. There's a bit of needle between the two drivers. What more could we ask for with uh, 12 races to go this season? Absolutely. 100%. And there you referenced the fact that we didn't want the season to break, but now we've had the break. I'm glad it happened. And that happens so often in life, doesn't it? I'm glad we had the break because I can't wait to get back to it this weekend. Yes, but uh, if you're going to have a break, go and have a spa break and come back to one of the best tracks on the planet as well. Very See good. what I did there. It was um, sort of. It yeah. sort of worked, but we haven't got a spa break because we're now back at the spa. Yeah. Well, we're, it's spa therapy. Should we call it that then? Yeah. If you um, know. Yeah. There's no, no, no relaxing facials here. This is all about wheel-to-wheel -wheel combat. Yeah. And um, I get the feeling we're, we're in for 44 laps of Hamilton and Verstappen going wheel-to-wheel -wheel on this one. It's a track where you can overtake. It's a track where Max has never finished uh, higher uh, than third anyway. Um, it's a track where Lewis has had uh, quite a few first lap retirements. Mm. History tells us unpredictable things happen here. Yeah. Uh, and if you're going to come back and, and have Formula One action. This is a great track to, to pick things up where we left off. So there are spa weekends, but then there's the weekend at spa. Yeah. yeah. Uh, can I nick that for my yes. opening line on yeah. Sunday? If you do, if you, by the way, like if, you, if you do, I'll be thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> Done. All right, pal. Uh, give our love to your team there. Give our love to Formula One. It's only live once, Sky Sports, Sky F1. Thank you, Crofty. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
All right, three tip-top guests down already, but still to come. Humanitarian and author, amazing, amazing human being, Terry Waite, reminds us of his remarkable story and enthuses us to get on board with his latest fundraising campaign, Beirut and Back Challenge for All. We're also going to be running around Lovestoke Park Farm for Carfest South Year 10 and speaking to some wonderful guests there. So let's get right back to the action now. Dapper Dave, who's next? For five years, his name was never far from the headlines and thankfully he came back to tell his remarkable tale. He's asking you to get involved with Beirut and Back Challenge for All and if he can survive what he went through, you can most definitely help him out. Please welcome the wonderful Terry Waite. Good morning, Terry. Hello, morning. What a reception. (laughs) How is it for you hearing that again today? As I'm sure you've done uh, several times before, 30 years on from the event itself. Well, it brings back memories, you know, of... uh, it's hard to believe it's 30 years ago, but of course the memories, uh, they never leave you. And I remember coming back uh, really quite bewildered. I'd spent five years, almost five years, totally alone with no books, papers, chained to the wall. Not chained to a radiator, by the way. <laughs> people, say, <laughs> people say he was chained to a radiator. Well, in fact, staples were driven into the wall and I was chained to those. And I got a, I got that release from those for a few minutes each day to go to the bathroom, and then back into this dark room. So it was, uh, yeah, it was a reasonable endurance test. It's easier to get to Beirut and back, I think, than it is to sit five years on the floor like that. All right, Terry. Well, we'll get to Beirut and back a bit more in a second or two. But lots of the um, team here who work on the show are, you know, around the age of 30. And they didn't really know who you were um, until we were talking about you coming on the show this week. Can you explain to people who aren't aware how your situation came about in the first place? Well, I've been involved in negotiating for release of hostages for quite a long time. I mean, my first hostage negotiation was way back with General Amin when I lived in, in Uganda, when colleagues of mine were imprisoned and I was able to get them out. Then later on in uh, Iran, when I got into the Veen prison and was able to uh, facilitate the release of a number of people from Iran. Then later on with Gaddafi, when business businessmen business were trapped in uh, Libya, and I negotiated directly with Gaddafi in his tent in the in the in the capital there, and then Beirut, when families of hostages came to me and said, "Look, you've got experience in this field. Can you help us out?" I remember John McCarthy, as name some people will remember. John's parents came to see me, and many others. And I said, "Well, look, okay, I'll I'll see what I can do." And uh, I didn't. I was pretty reluctant to get involved in Beirut because I knew it was so politically complicated, and I. I went out there, I was able to meet with the kidnappers under very difficult circumstances and uh, was able to at least assist in the release of a couple of the people. But then, because of uh, political machinations, I was um, taken hostage. Uh, They lost trust in me and uh, they simply took me and um, kept me captive in a First of all, in an underground prison, uh, deep, uh, deep beneath ground, and then later on in bombed out buildings in different parts of Beirut. Um, and uh, I was next door at one point to John, John McCarthy and others. 
And we used to communicate with each other by tapping on the wall, tapping in code. I used to tap my name out uh, you know, in that long, laborious code. One for A, two for B, three for C. And uh, it's then you regret your name's Terry Wade, I can tell you, because it's a long way down the, it's down the alphabet. Goodness. And you can imagine the delight I got, you know, when after doing that for about two years uh, at night, I got the taps back and then was able at least to have some communication with another human being. Yeah. OK, once again, what a fantastic... Uh, idea this is what a brilliant initiative it is anyway hostageinternational.org but what a fun way um, um, to help and get involved and it's a win-win for everybody um, who is going to commit themselves to this to walking or to running or to to moving um, towards something that is uh, extraordinarily worthwhile Um, have you read Man's Search for Meaning Terry? I have a long time ago. Was that Frankel? Yeah, so that's Victor Frankel, and it was his experience. Victor Frankel's book. I in, have in yes. the concentration camps. Did you draw any parallels with his experience, with his his um, mindset for survival? Well, yes. I mean, I've I've read a number of those survival stories, and you know, the one thing they say, um, what you have to do, is somehow maintain hope, keep hope alive. And um, I used to sit in this. Uh, in this dark place. I mean, shutters were put in front of the window so there was no natural light came into the room. Um, And so often I didn't know what time it was, apart from the fact that early morning when the sun rose, there was a small crack in in the shutters and I could see the light coming in. And I used to sit there and say to myself, always remember, you know, light is stronger than darkness. Keep hope alive. And that, that's a key to it. That's a key to anybody now who's feeling, you know, pretty low and pretty had a hard time as a result of COVID or what have you. Somehow keep hope alive. And there are others around you who will help you do that. That's why, you know, I founded Hostage International to enable people who've had a really tough time to say, okay, we're here for you. We're not going to ask anything from you, but we'll try and help you keep hope alive and make something creative of your life. And it works. Terry, you're a fantastic human being. Thank you so much for being on the show again. Um, And I'll tell you what the time is now. The time is to get involved in this. Hostageinternational.org, Beirut and back, a challenge for all. Terry, have a great day. Thanks so much. How much um, traction is this getting? Are you getting plenty of people who want to help you out here? Yeah, we are getting a number. I don't quite know the final number now. But we need about um, 50,000 more, Chris. <laughs> All right. OK, well, we'll do our best for you. We have at least that listing now, uh, hopefully a lot more. Um, Terry, have a lovely day. Thanks so much. Thanks, Chris. Bye-bye. What a guy. What a human being. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. If you need a bit of a top-up to feel completely mindful or a professional opinion on the physical, then listen up because our next guests have the answers. They're centre stage at Carfest South's Hay Bale Health Hour. So please welcome the Lennon and McCartney of Health and Wellbeing. It's the Kirsty Gallagher and Dr. Rongan Chatterjee. Yeah! 
Dave, you almost said that. Thanks. That was <laughs> difficult. Lennon and McCutney. Uh, hello, Dr. Rong and Chatterjee. Hey, how are you doing? <laughs> Very well, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm trying to figure out who's Lennon and who's McCartney <laughs> at the moment. It doesn't matter. You can swap <laughs> over the weekend. I think we, everyone always wants to be Lennon. I'm happy to be McCartney. Uh, Kirsty, say hi, Kirst. Good morning. Okay, Kirsty from Luna Living. Uh, how is the moon this weekend? The moon is good this weekend. She's in Taurus this weekend, which means very, very grounding vibes. Taurus is all about self-care, about love, about coming together and getting like down on the earth. And so we've got some good moon vibes this weekend. How did the moon vibes for Carfest South compare to what we enjoyed rather um, majestically at Carfest North? We had a huge full moon, do you remember? Yeah. At Carfest North. So the energy was maybe a little wilder at North, but we've not got into it yet. So we'll see. We're in waning give us energies at the moment, which is we, we we had a full moon on Sunday, so she's still pretty pretty high vibe out there. I love it when you talk about the moon. Because, <laughs> you know, we all know what the energy, you know, the, the energy from the sun is real and it exists. But to tell us about moon energy and what it does to us. So the moon represents our inner world. So our emotions, our dreams, who we are when no one else is watching. How do we know this? who we are it goes back to astrology so right. in astrology when it was created kind of 4,000 years ago this is what the moon represented right. and the moon turns our tides you know the moon turns the tides on earth so yeah. it stands to reason that the moon would do the same to our emotional tides so our emotions are seen as around the sacral chakra water and our emotions ebb and flow yeah, and yeah, yeah. move so the moon has the same effect on our emotions yeah because because as the planet is 70% water so are we yeah. and, and so why wouldn't it exactly and you know exactly. pe- people can to deny the fact that this is true but you know to their, to their detriment you know it's it's a it's a real vibe from um from an energy point of view from a mood point of view you know uh, when do we have to beware and when can we sort of um sort of ride on the coattails of the moon so there's two kind of peak energetic points of the lunar cycle we have what's called the dark moon which is the lowest energetic point of the lunar cycle that happens just a few days before a new moon so this is where the moon pulls our energy all the way in and this is where we get to check in with where am I am I going in the direction that I want to go if not why not what are my emotions telling me normally the moon at this stage tells us what we don't want so then when the new moon comes the moon says okay so what do you want let's set some intentions let's make some things happen then the full moon is the peak energetic point of the lunar cycle so this is where the moon pulls all of our energy up to the surface and that's kind of where the word lunacy came from around the lunar cycle which is at a full moon everyone tends to be like really high energy high vibe and the cycle of the moon is nature's spreadsheet yes for us exactly that okay and it's regular and we must yeah. about with it and yeah. she, she's she's saying you know when you come to your senses I'm here for I'm you. here and I'm waiting and anytime you want to come live by me Kirsty, I love you let's hear it for <laughs> Kirsty. are we going to do some yoga later on yes Okay, Hey Bell Health Hour. Uh, we kicked it off. We tried it. We rotated it uh, to Carfest North. Went gangbusters, didn't it, Rongan? Yeah, it was just incredible that, uh, you know, a festival of people are coming to hang out, watch bands, you know, connect with people. There was a real interest in health. And, uh, you know, I think we said off the mic last time that, you know, I think health and well-being is the new rock and roll. People are really interested in how they can feel better in their daily lives. So it was, you know, great Carfest North and uh, I'm chomping at the bit to, to get back on them I today. I know, so we kick off with the Hell Bale uh, Health Hour check-in at Rumfest run over the hill in the next valley which is hilarious because we've got two festivals in one here. 
um, at two o'clock this afternoon. And when we were at North, we thought, we'll, we'll kick it around for an hour. We'll do a bit, a bit of a Q&A as well. But we had to do two two-hour sessions in the end, didn't we? And we still hadn't, didn't fit, didn't really get started. We, we Exactly. And it just shows the appetite for this kind of stuff. And even, you know, for me, it's what's incredible is that I guess, is an event like this something you would typically associate with health? Probably not, but even though there are loads of health benefits of being around others and connecting with others, particularly after the last sort of 18 months or so, but it just never ceases to amaze me what people are interested in. So we did, what did we do? We did some breath work last time. You know, people are asking about how they can sleep better, how they can stress less, emotional eating. I mean, we covered so many popular common topics. So frankly, the same topics I see in my consultation rooms. So it stands to reason that that's the sort of questions people are asking about. Brogan, great to have you here. If people want to know more about what you do, where do they go? And they should go right now. Probably say best place for my podcast, Feel Better Live More, or my Instagram channel, at Dr Chatterjee. But the podcast is uh, restarting after a summer break in about two weeks. How many episodes are you in now? We're going to... Man, actually, we're going to start in September with episode 200. Come on. I mean, that's no mean feat at all in the world of podcasting. And it's your podcast that got me into the whole podcasting universe. So thank you so much for that. My pleasure. Because uh, it, it is awesome. It yeah. is absolutely awesome. Kirsty, how do people get in touch with you? Um, KirstyGallagher.com or on my Instagram, Kirsty Gallagher or Luna Living, where I share all you need to know about the moon and how she's affecting us. She is so positive, this lady. Just being around her, you feel better about yourself, don't you? Yeah, we love you, Kirsty. Okay. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. Normally, a weekend at a festival means a week of recovery for all the bad reasons, but not here. Runfest is the place to both go running and do the second favourite thing of all runners. That's right, you guessed it. Talk about running. Please welcome a lady that's probably run more miles than you've driven. It's the one and only Paula Radcliffe! <laughs> Hi, Paula! Oh, Paula, we love you so much. That's a very interesting way of introducing Paula because I've never thought about that before. How many miles do you th- could could you estimate you may have run in your life? I reckon. I don't know. Somebody did tell me once I might have run all the way around the world. Okay, that's twenty-five thousand miles. I don't know. I reckon it's at least that. By the way, it's so funny because we've just arrived from the paddock. We had some fun with the cars uh, just a a record ago, a song ago, and then I I get the buggy to stop because I need to go for a a little wild number one. And Paula Radcliffe comes streaking past me, (laughs) and I says, "Paula, are you warming up?" She says, "No, I'm running to the loo." And by the way, I've never seen anybody nip to the loo like Paula Radcliffe. <laughs> it was so fast. It was ridiculous. Uh, so, Paula, what's good on this weekend? Tell us, tell us about Families on Track, first of all. Well, I'm really excited and a big thank you um, for having Families on Track as part of Runfest. We adored Runfest last time, and I think a lot of people did. A lot of people are excited to come back, and we're excited to have Families on Track a part of that because it kind of ties together so well. It's all yeah. about the family fun weekend. So what, what is Families on Track? How does it work? So it's... Uh, fun event we'll be taking you on later on the I half, know. I've half heard version about, of it I've heard about this <laughs> not looking forward to um, it no it's, it's, it's a lot of fun it's not really competitive it's um, really over <laughs> it gets competitive but it's the idea not is not competitive be, but then you're involved my wife's involved that's involved the three most competitive people I've ever met in my life so and it's, the format is a 10k is it um, yes but we're going to do 5k today okay. just for the time fitting in I think okay. um, and it's loops of 1k 250 and 500 metres uh, and you make it up how you want. 
Right, so, so you can, so as long as you, so one member of your family is running at any point, you, yeah. th that is the, the family's on track. Yeah, that's And you it. can do as many legs as you want. You, yeah, and you, you add it up, and I think there's a limit on how many little ones you can do, how many 250 loops, so you can't just sprint those as fast as you can. Now, You've Paul, got to add some cases. You weren't, you weren't with us last night, you were here last night, but um, we, we were sort of tucking in uh, earlier. We, we had a brief hello, and then I went to, back to, to my Airstream, and Tash was there, my wife, and we had a little sundown, and then Vassus arrived, and so we shared our sundowning joy with him. And then Vassus and my wife started to trash talk your... Uh, not this true. is true. This is true. It's not true. Hang on a second. Back, back the truck up. Totally let let me set the scene first of all. Um, so oh, Vas Vasos, talk, representing his family, and Tash representing our family, and I was a bit embarrassed about this. They started trash talking you and your family. I said, Hang on a minute. A, this isn't in the spirit of things. B, she's not even here to defend herself. And then Paula, listen to this. Right, talk about not being competitive. Once they finished with trash talking you and your family, who weren't even there, they then started trash talking against each other. <laughs> to do with this supposedly harmonious families on track moment. Oh, the thing yeah. is, the thing is, Paula, we love Paula, we love you, Paula, you know we love you. And I know that, you know, to a point. people, people, people will know Paula, people will know Paula as this, like, you know, you know, from, from, from your athletics career and, and, from, and from afterwards as this, this lovely beacon of light. And you are a lovely beacon Where's of light. Where's this going? But, but, but. but Paula Radcliffe, ladies and gentlemen, is so competitive that last time at Runfest Run, she was stealing inflatables out of a baby's pram to get her team to <laughs> win. That, that Richard's change, wasn't that crummy? It was, it was Steve Cram that did that. No, Steve Cram. Steve Cram's on film doing that. Steve Cram. Um, went to the local supermarket in the middle of the night and bought all of the bin bags from the local supermarket and then went yeah. through the crowd de delivering extra bin bags so that his team could collect more inflatables because they only had but technically... By the time his team got there, there were none left. Because okay, we you let the dragonflies go We have to early. explain that if you collect inflatables, you get more points because if, if you don't tell people that they're going, what's, what, what's so, this fetish <laughs> with inflatables the running so there are four community team, seems to there, have? There are four team captains at Runfest yes. Run. There's the ultra-competitive Steve Cram. Uh -huh. There's the even more competitive... Paula Radcliffe, there's the uber extreme competitive Natasha Evans, and there's no, Colin Jackson. Who's really nice, actually. Who's actually not competitive at all, he's but like the, seems to win. He's like the Kofi Annan of the whole situation. Colin Basically, doesn't give a stuff. He doesn't run much either, does he? <laughs> <laughs> so, 2K, Listen to Paula Radcliffe. She's so funny. Uh, right, Paula, it's a run fest run. It's our second run fest run. It's really exciting. And at uh, five o'clock, both the festivals, Car Fest and Run Fest Run, get together. Now, we have a partying you know gentle partying at Runfest Run before which makes sense because there's a lot of running you know to, today there's a sunset shuffle on a Friday tomorrow we've got the 10k 2.5k the 5k and then uh, families on track is ongoing throughout the whole weekend then on the Sunday uh, we have the family um, fun run and we also have the half marathon which is fine at the level the gentle level of partying that Runfest Run usually has but they're all going to come to the Carfest um, music lineup tonight and tomorrow I mean, and this, that's a different level of party. How do you think the two are going to combine? Have you ever done this before? Have you ever partied really hard and then run the next day? Um, not a whole weekend, no. Yeah, not like, One off and then you're okay the next day. Not like pre-Olympics or... Oh, no, no. <laughs> we're not pre-Olympics, we're post-Olympics, so it's fine. You can just... Um, no, I think it will tie together well. Um, you've just got to pace yourself. You've really got to pace yourself. And maybe we should have put the half at the front. Yeah, I, that's, what I, that's what I said last night on the way down. I said, obviously, the two festivals haven't talked to each other that much. No. A half marathon on a Sunday yeah. afternoon. And then refuel all weekend. Right, anything else we need to do? Have I missed anything out? 
I think we're pretty. We're we gonna. We're we gonna have an obstacle race now. Are we really? Do we need to? I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> let's let's have a bit of Abba and talk about it, shall we? Paul Radcliffe, come on! <laughs> Colin Jackson, Steve Cram, Run Best Run, Tequila Tash, woo! And the whole Run Best Run massive. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky Virgin Radio. We only said goodbye with words I died a hundred times. You'd go back to her, and I go back to her. I go back to black. Thank you. You're so good. Thank you. He was singing on top of a barge on Thursday in Marlow. Why was he sitting? Well, no, you're singing there because he was meant to come here. Of course he was. So, Matt, just br- give us a 30-second elevator pitch of who you are, you, where you're from, and what you're about. Okay. Uh, my name is Matt Kent, and I am from New York, and this is Livy Lester, my, my best Let's friend. Let's for Livy on the keyboard. <laughs> First, th- thank you for having us. This is so exciting. Um, when I met you, I was like, who is this guy? I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I mean, in New York, if someone comes up to you and offers you to you know, do something, you're like, get away from me. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, my name is Matt Kent. Uh, we, I studied music. I did violin for a couple years, and then I decided to start writing my own songs and never looked back, and I'm so happy to be here. Uh, so what's the plan? That's a good question. Um, the plan is just to see where it's taking me. I mean, since we got here about a week ago, things have just been popping up, and we're really enjoying it, so... Can you play us? Would you like to hear one of Matt's own songs? Yeah. Cool. Okay, what are you going to play for us next? So I'm going to do an original. Um, it's called a lot. Uh, what is it called? It's called Why, actually. <laughs> I should know that. Um, and it's on Spotify. If you like it, you can check it out. Okay, and, where uh, are you if people want to find you? And why wouldn't they want to find you? Yeah, on my socials, uh, I got all the things, you know, the Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Uh, it's under I am Matt Kent. I am Matt Kent. All yes. right, so here you go with Why. Any better. Thank you. Thanks so much. Matt, I'm not just playing smoke up uh, where the sun don't shine. It doesn't, it doesn't get any better than that, does it? Does it, really? That is as good a song as you'll hear on the radio anywhere in the world at any time, past, present, or future. Oh, thank you so much. Matt, that is, you are awesome, my friend. Thank and you so much. So thank you're so 23 much. years old. 23 years old, yep. Uh, and like I said before, I look pretty young. Some people are like 15, 16, but I'm 23. But you seem to wear this, your, your, your talent, your ability so, so lightly. You, you seem to be completely at ease here. How, how does it mm. feel when you're singing those songs? I'm happy to hear that. I mean, I think it helps that I just met you, so I don't know. Like, if I knew who you were, maybe I'd be more nervous, you know? <laughs> but <laughs> My goodness me. You may never have come, to be honest. <laughs> That's the truth of the matter. But so I, let's I make the most it. of it while it lasts, Matt. <laughs> so you find out the truth. Mm. Um, oh, well, thank goodness you didn't do a cover. Uh, right, mm. so uh, we have lots of reaction. I think, I think Vassos is on the other end of the, the, the melting text line. Yes, it is melting. You have melted thank our text so machine, much. Matt. Uh, but thank you for doing it. Love that cover. Love that original song. And adore that voice. Consider me a fan, wow, says Elise. Wow. 
This is uh, Tricia from Cheshire. Matt sounds amazing. Sounds like Carfest will be incredible. And Tracy says, I'm on my way to Run Fest Run, my first ever festival. I'm coming on my own. I don't know anyone, but I'm hoping to meet Matt Kent. <laughs> well, join, meet you as well. Join the queue, everyone. <laughs> Once again, Matt Kent, everyone. And your, you. your friend, your friend on the keyboards. Thank you so much. Oh, Sorry, I've forgotten her name. Oh, this is Livy Lester. Livy Lester! <laughs> Sorry. Sorry about that. You just met who I really am. I'm rubbish. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. Sensational stand-up comedy, smash hit TV shows, massive music tours and critically acclaimed novels. Our next guest really must try harder. You can see them both on the Starfest stage at Carfest South today with Just for Laughs. So join us as we get in the zone with the funny bones of Chaparak Cassandi and Alex Hall. Hey, guys. Chappy and Al. Uh, how are you both this morning at Carfest? Really great. Can't really compete with Tom Kent and Libby. Yeah, I'm Matt Kent and Mrs. Lester. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's all good, isn't it? <laughs> now, I am Chappie, wide I'd, awake. Forgive, I'd forgive you if you just woken up, but I bumped into you in the shower queue at quarter past six, so you got no excuses. You were the first human being I spoke to today. Apart I was just, from your daughter. Apart, well, no, I don't speak to her in the morning. <laughs> I just push her around uh, <laughs> and I grunt at her. Chappie, what are you up to? How's the summer been? What are you going to do for us this weekend here? Um, well, we're going to be on a panel show with um, Alex and some other brilliant people whose names I don't trust myself to you say have now. Have a go, have a go. I'm going to say Sally Phillips. Correct. And I'm going to say Sarah Highland. Hadland, yeah. Hadland, Hadland. Yeah. Oh, no! <laughs> yes, no, no, yes. Yes, no, 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 yes, yes, yes. Al, how have you been? I'm very good, thank you, Chris. I understand you had a sort of pop-up spontaneous moment or two at the Edinburgh Festival. Yes, I was in Edinburgh on Monday and I tried to break into Vassos's tent this morning at midnight. <laughs> so it's been an eventful week. <laughs> what a week so far. Yeah, and it's only just beginning. We're here till Monday. This is our summer holiday. Excellent. Oh, now, so what happened at Edinburgh and how was it for you after a couple of years laying off? I, I, I understand you you were so euphoric with, with the fact that you could just do it all again. Yeah, we just turned up. Me, uh, Tim Key and Mark Watson turned up on Monday and did two shows because it's more like the old days of the festival. It was amazing. Yeah, I went up for a week yeah. and I, I wrote the show that I came on the Chris Evans breakfast show to talk about, but then I went to Edinburgh two weeks ago and actually wrote it. Yeah, it's the spirit of the fringe it. up there now, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. It's can, what it was like in the 80s. It's like the Wild West. Just tell us up. about that because I know exactly what you mean because uh, Carfest North a couple of weeks ago was like our first ever Carfest and all the better for it and it doesn't have to be bad to be better. Yeah, well we didn't have a, uh, a slot till the day before and they said you can do a show at five o'clock in the Monkey Barrel which yeah. is like a dim and dismal cellar and the tickets were a fiver. We didn't have a show. We wrote it on the train on the way up yeah. and it wasn't very good and then we went home. <laughs> I bet it was really good. Perfect. Shabby, tell us about the fact that that sort of revisited vibe that you, you felt as well. Absolutely, because so before, Edinburgh sort of became this place that you have to have this polished show before you arrived and all the reviewers come in and they judge you on it and, and it's, uh, it just felt that it was um, back to it, its roots where you're allowed to sort of stumble around in the dark a bit and the audience really enjoyed that, I think, I hope. Yeah. Who cares? <laughs> well, the, but the point is, the point is you all care because we all want to be loved. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. Mm. It's so true. True. Uh, but it's the, it's the dropping of that expectation, isn't it? You know, and the expectation hijacks many otherwise would be glorious and, and deeply enjoyable journeys. And we've all dropped that expectation now, which we should do anyway. And it's you know that has done us a favour. Absolutely. And you know you can't 
you can't rehearse stand-up comedy in your bedroom in front of the mirror. You yeah. need to rehearse it in front of a live audience. They let you know which bits to drop, which bits to keep. Yeah. And to do that in Edinburgh itself, it felt like the origins of alternative comedy in the 80s, where that was, it was punk. Right. It was anarchic and uh, it wasn't this sort of shiny, let's yeah, yeah. get you ready yeah. for live at Gift the Apollo. A gift-wrapped thing. So yeah. it was, it was yeah, good. Yeah, we didn't waste our time on posters or PR. It was all just... On the stage. I yeah. didn't waste my time on many jokes. No, 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 I didn't even do that. <laughs> but, it's, but, you know, the, sto- the story is the reason most people are there. And, you know, with the odd laugh, that's fine. But if you're just going for the laugh, sometimes it can be a bit sort of um, hollow and mercenary. Now, Alex, talking about, you know, uh, punk, talking about, you know, um, uh, flying by the seat of your pants and winging it. I do. John Bishop's last tour, or his forthcoming tour, his performance tour is called Winging It. Because we're all winging it. We are all winging it all the time. And if anybody tells you differently or pretends you di- differently, forget it they are absolutely lying you'll be more than winging it uh, with the horn section at yes. Carfest this 5 week 5pm today after 6 hours of singing lessons from Matt Kent with a bit of luck um, <laughs> I like they're called Kent and Lester that's like a cricket match um, <laughs> they, by the way they don't get that talk because they're no, from no, New York. they haven't heard of cricket or Kent or Lester we think it's hilarious um, yeah 5 see- o'clock it's our first outdoor gig in two years it's our second gig in two years okay. so we had a rehearsal last night and it was like starting up an old car you were furiously rehearsing last we night we were yeah and Joe our trumpeter also plays with Madness they had a rehearsal that afternoon they couldn't remember how to play baggy trousers so, okay. <laughs> so what I hope to you? It's going to be a scratchy performance, but we're going to be we're so excited about it. Okay, great, Alex. Great to see you. You too, Chris. Um, I love the fact that Rachel, she's so in love with you, your wife, which is, you know, that's fortunate. Um, <laughs> but you know, the fact that the prospect of you just being introduced by Dapper Dave, she's beaming. She's like, she is your number one fan, isn't she? We haven't no. seen each other today or yesterday. Hello, Rachel. Hello. Morning. Good morning. All right. I saw your shoes outside the tent this morning, so I thought it was probably you in bed with me. Oh. <laughs> That's the way we do it. We yeah. just go on the shoe basis. But let me tell you, for a while, for a couple of hours before, those shoes, those same shoes were outside Vassas's and I've heard. But welcome to the festival world, my friends. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. Thank you so much for listening to this, the podcast of the Virgin Radio Breakfast Show. Don't forget you can subscribe and get it every week from wherever you get your podcast and you will never miss the weekly roundup of all the best bits from our Virgin Radio Breakfast Show with Sky. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.